0: A lot of people create visions, so they have something to put on their website or something to say. And if you don't know what it is, you can be sure that your customers and your employees don't know what it is. And if nobody knows what it is, what direction do you go when you get up in the morning? Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor deep dive. How's that building coming along, Martin? Well, we're we've moved. We're in it now. Finished. And the building you're referring to is uh, my wife's new facility for her speech language pathology clinic, and we really and I, I'm going to say she really pulled off an unbelievable um, course of action. We closed business Friday night at 6 o'clock in one building, one location, and we opened at 8 o'clock the following Monday morning. We moved 27 rooms of furniture, 22 people, all the equipment, eight years of medical records, the uh, lobby, the waiting room, the materials rooms, uh, while the floor guys were still there, the painters were still there, and two literally 12 hour days. We got it moved and at eight o'clock Monday morning. The first client walked in It's absolutely, I mean, there's still some details of course, but absolutely unbelievable to pull that off. And that's no not laws.
1: just like moving to one side so they can finish out the other side. No, that's the, no, the, everything's done. Everything's done. Man. Yeah. So how long was um, the entire
0: process start to finish? You, you bought the building in 2021. Well, we, we bought the building and it was, uh, under lease to a company uh, until November of last year, November 1st, or whatever, uh, September, October 31st. and So we couldn't do anything uh, until November 1st. And then we started on November 1st and uh, really finished last, yeah, it was was quite a project. Four or five months, that's not that bad. Well, November, December, January, three and a half months. Yeah, it would, wasn't bad unless you were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, you so
1: but when did you buy it under lease? When was that? April of last April year. April of 22, okay. So it's yeah. almost a full year uh, yeah. from acquisition to
0: finished with yep. the re- renovations. And in the meantime, we <clears throat> also built a parking lot in a vacant lot next to us, which uh, we could start Earlier, because it didn't affect the, our tenant, and uh, I also have to say, I had the best contractor experience with the parking I've ever lot ever had with the parking lot. Okay, tell and, us. I mean, this. Well, <clears throat> trying to get somebody to build a parking lot first was hard to get anybody to call you back. Uh, when we did, they were kind of, not kind of, but they were more than double the pre-construction estimate that we had. So I wasn't just gonna take the first guy. I'm at my office on a Sunday, and I'm just looking on the internet. And this contractor is only 10 miles from me, but I'd never heard of him. I filled out his form. I got an immediate response. And I said, well, I'd like to see some of your work. Well, that Sunday, he said, what are you doing this afternoon? On a Sunday afternoon, came and got me, and we drove around and looked at his work. And it was obvious this guy was passionate about concrete. because he was just showing me all these jobs he had done telling me all that was an inch and a half rebar and it's 20 feet deep and just going through it and responsive matter of fact if I were to do it right now I'd text him we're completely done I promise you he'd text me back within five minutes (laughs) and uh, anyway everything about it was wonderfully communicated with us things I didn't understand he put my mind at ease I was worried about soil compaction and underneath the parking lot and going to spend some money getting that soil tested and called an engineer, friend of mine. And he said, he, kn- he knows the area and he said, don't waste your money. Just six inches of aggregate, five inches of, uh, I mean, it was all designed. Yeah. Uh, five inches of concrete. You don't need to spend a bunch of money doing soil compaction tests. Well, the contractor knew I was worried about it. So he added a vibrating roller to it uh, at his expense. I went out and rolled the whole thing wow. after the aggregate was in and sent me a video. And he was there. A- anytime I went out, he stopped by at least once a day. His people were professional. They were polite. Um, and he just did a magnificent job. And I paid him on time. He, he wasn't bugging me for money, but when he asked, asked me for it, I gave it to him because I was absolutely delighted. Yeah. And we, we'll talk about this a little bit going forward, but I'm a raving fan of his. And the difference between a fan and a raving fan is this. If four people are sitting down to play cards and somebody says, hey, anybody know anybody who can do concrete work? Then I would say, yeah, you got to call Bill Shepard of Shepard Concrete, Moore, Oklahoma. That's a fan. A raving fan, somebody's sitting down to play cards and it says, Hey, before we start, does anybody need any concrete work? Right? I am a raving fan. I have brought the subject up in groups and said, "Does anybody need any concrete work?" Because I've got the most amazing guy you've ever met. And you're uh, one of those guys at the card table. That's just I'm one of those can't just guys. Play the game. That, well, you're just distracting No, everybody. I am. I am so pleased with this guy that I would do anything in my power. Uh, gave him a Google review of course and I said the only reason this is five stars is because they don't provide ten. If you got any doubts, call me. There you I go. I mean, I'm I am a raving fan of this guy. I'm sitting here talking about it on our podcast. Yeah. If you're in New York and you need concrete work, call Bill Shepard. <laughs> He'll drive and He'll do it. Hey, he probably will. Yeah, no, I'm so pleased. That's in stark contrast to a lot of the other experiences that we've had. Um, which I would consider to be normal, but frustrating with communication issues and, and uh, below-the-line behavior by the project managers. Well, I didn't know, or <laughs> I thought you were going to do that, that kind of stuff. And I said, if you say, I didn't do it, I'm sorry, we can get along. But when you start saying, well, you told me, it, you know, that's when you go below the line and blame yeah. excuses and denial and pretty hard to take. I was there when he when they were finishing up the guys on
1: the crew and the, the concrete. Were, yeah, and they were yeah. uh, putting soil back into the flower beds
0: and stuff like that. Right.
1: Making them look nice uh ready yeah. for planting stuff like that.
0: So, that well, my wife and I were laughing because when that thing was done, we were standing out there on a cold windy day, arm in arm, looking at our parking lot going, "That's the most beautiful parking lot <laughs> I've ever seen. Look at that beautiful radius there in the Drain pipes go through the curb, you know. And I said, <laughs> looked at Diane, and I said, you imagine when we were dating that we'd be standing out here thrilled by built, by a concrete parking lot. But we yeah. sure were. So that's it was cool. a fantastic experience. Everybody wants to be like Bill Shepard of Shepard Concrete in Moore, Oklahoma. I think you've said that shirt. like three or four times now. People I know, and I'll it. probably say it again at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's where you want to be. it.
1: Well, it seems like Bill has an organized business. We don't really know. But uh, if you're going to create raving fans, an organized business really does help. Uh, One of the things we're going to talk about in a minute is vision. And a customer-facing vision almost becomes your brand. And uh, I think Bill's kind of done that with his concrete business. Oh, yeah. But we're talking about nine essentials to an organized business. You were- passionate about this topic, Martin, uh, and everything that it entails and something that you work with on clients and it doesn't start off easy. What's the hardest question that you ever ask a client?
0: Well, let me, let me just say what the nine steps are. So, um,
1: they're we just argued about this for like 20 minutes, Martin. It's not steps. <laughs> it's essentials.
0: Essentials. Nine essentials. Right. You're right. But they're no, not really what, what's steps. The, what's the hardest question you ask your clients day one? Well, what's your vision? I mean, I ask clients when we first meet what do you want what do you want told this story before and the answer I get most often is well what do you mean and I said (laughs) I mean what do you want and they say, well you mean my business or me personally or what I said well your business personally I don't care what do you want and they come back and say you know that's really a good question and so having a vision for what you want your company to become is an essential because it guides everything you do. And I'll, I'll just tell you a story. I was in Colorado two weeks ago and a friend of my daughter's has built a pretty substantial company that works internationally. And we are all out eating dinner. My very blessed as a father to have a daughter who would take you out to dinner with her friends. And I was talking to this lady, really interested, and she had just returned from, I think it was California, where she'd gone to a workshop where they were creating a vision for her company. I said, wow, that's awesome. That's the first question. What's your vision? (laughs) What is it? She put her hands on the side of her face, and she goes, I knew you were going to ask me that. I said, well, what's your vision? She said, oh, she couldn't remember And I looked at her and she said, I know what you're going to say. And I said, yeah, well, I'm going to say it. In what sense is it a vision if you don't even know what it is? In other words, a lot of people create visions for something or what they consider to be visions. So they have something to put on their website or something to say. And if you don't know what it is, you can be sure that your customers and your employees don't know what it is. And if nobody knows what it is, how do you what direction do you go when you get up in the morning is your is your goal to delight your customers is your goal to get personally rich is your goal to serve your community i mean we'll get a little more specific than that but what are you doing this for and when when i talk to people about it a lot of times they're so caught up in the well i've got to, i'll tell you what my vision is today to get that cash in so that i can make payroll on friday right well being organized so that happens—that's certainly a goal. That's not really a vision. And some people—I've had clients who can say immediately what it is, what their vision is. Most have a, have a hard time with it, and most overthink it, and as a result, they wind up with a lot of platitudes. As a matter of yeah. fact, I had copied I copied one that um, it's it's Disney, so it's not directly related to uh, contractors right now, but Disney, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, their mission or their vision used to be a smile on every face. Okay, that's a powerful vision. I can remember it, and I can, as an employee, I can sit there, and what i doing right now, contributing to our goal or our vision of a smile on every face. Well, Walt Disney died, corporate took it over, and just a portion of it, is Disney's vision from the internet, dot, dot, dot. Using our portfolio of brands to differentiate our content, services, and consumer products, we seek to develop the most creative, innovative, and profitable entertainment experiences and related products in the world, dot, dot, dot. And there are about 150 other words in there. I promise you, there is no one in the world, at Disney or otherwise, <laughs> who knows what that is, has that memorized. No. If you've got to go to your website to find your vision, it is not a vision. I mean, it has to be something you really care about. Yeah. And I'll, I'll contrast that with the guy we've talked about uh, before, Jeff Finney. I think we've had him on, haven't we? We have. He's been a guest. Yeah, cabinet manufacturer in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when I first met him, I asked him what his vision was. And he said, this is eight years ago. He said to be the most efficient cabinet component manufacturer in the world. Okay. (laughs) Wow. And that is his vision, his mission, which we haven't talked about yet, but how he does that is by constant process improvement. And that is who this man is. It is. He couldn't not do that. He's thinking about that at night. He's thinking about it during the day when he sees a change that needs to be made, he makes the change. It's who he is. His yeah. employees all know it. And if you don't align with that, if you don't like constant change, if you don't like them changing up the process and the way you do it, you're not going to last very long. There. Right. But that is his vision. So I, I think so it's, that's clear. I think it's such a difficult topic
1: uh, and a difficult thing for people to answer because so many people don't really know what they want just in their personal life, too. You ask them what right. you want on a personal level and they're like, I don't know, like I've just been running the rat race trying to get money right. and." trying to get the kids to practice and make sure that the wife's happy or whatever it is. Or husband. Or husband, or husband. But I think so often we can get stuck in the trenches of doing something and the routine of our daily lives that we don't take a step back to understand the bigger picture, to understand why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, Helen Keller, she has a quote, how terrible it must be to have sight but no vision. Right. and I think that it's so true, like you can, you can be running a really great business, but really not be fulfilled. You can be you know, making a lot of money, but not necessarily on the right path for yourself. And um, I think vision really helps align your, your goals, it aligns your team, it aligns your customers, your brand. It just everything falls into place when you really figure that out, and that's why it's so hard too. It's the first step because it's the most, it's the first essential, sorry, I said step. Right. uh, Because it's the most important and it really does make everything else become so much easier once you have it down. Uh, But it does need something that you know with, you don't have to sit here and read it or do a lot of work to memorize it. If you can't say it and have someone immediately just be like, oh, I get it, then it's not simple enough. It's not uh, short enough to memorize. Right.
0: So. well let me let me just run through the nine so people have an idea and the the first one is a vision uh, the second one is mission is to have a mission uh, we'll distinguish between the two here shortly uh, the third is to have an identified culture that's written out the fourth is to have goals and we'll talk about those the fifth is to have an organizational chart the sixth is to have seven or systems and uh, and following systems is job descriptions and what I will call how-tos and then KPIs. So vision, mission, culture, goals, org chart systems, job descriptions, how-tos, and KPIs are the nine essentials to an organized business. So yeah. vision being the first one, and the, and it, it guides everything. Yeah, and I think that vision and mission are
1: very confusing to people, and they even think they're right. the same thing sometimes. They confuse the two. I think you've got a good description of it, uh, with vision being something
0: where you want to be when your company's done, right?
1: Right. And that's not attainable.
0: No, but it, and you can't ever reach the North Star, but you can go north, right? <laughs> exactly. So, it it doesn't have to be anything, it, it except it has to be meaningful to you, and you didn't just use platitudes and write something to put on your website. What Jeff's Finney's The most efficient cabinet component manufacturer in the world is an unusual mission or vision. I think if you went to a workshop, people might say, what? But that's who he is. That is what he is doing. Other things like profitability, pleased customers, happy employees come from that vision. But that's who he is. Um, I was thinking of good visions this morning and trying to come up with some good examples there's a there's a TV show on HGTV called Hometown, and the vision is kind of expressed right there in the title, and they don't say this is our vision, but it is very obvious that what they're doing is they're revitalizing the small town that they love. It's their hometown. Okay, that is, I mean they say that different ways, you know, in the as you walk through it, but it's very obvious that that's what they're doing, and in fact, they have done. I think they've done about. 55, 56 houses that they've remodeled, rejuvenated, derelict houses, not all of them. Various states have been in derelict, and they remodel them and rejuvenate them. And they're recreating, they're making this little town vital. Of course, it doesn't happen, hurt that you're on TV yeah, <laughs> uh, 24-7. But uh, that is, they wanted to preserve and revitalize their dying, small, rural Mississippi town, and they've done it. And that's obvious and everything they talk about and everything they do, their love for the community and the people they serve. So that's their vision. Um, Google has a good one. Yeah, Google had, maybe they changed it. Well, we'll still use it because you can find yeah. it, but Google's vision is all the information in the world organized and accessible. Yeah, that will, that will never happen. But that's why we have, you know, we take uh, Google Earth and Street View and Google Maps totally for granted. Those were just created to fulfill that mission or that vision for their company. And there's so much more, you know, I mean, Google Mail and Messenger and, I mean, I, I would have to sit and think all these things I take for granted that Google came up with to assist us with finding information. Did I, did I ever tell you about Google X?
1: No. Um, yeah, Google X, I'm, I don't even remember the vision, but it's something along the lines of like discover the impossible. Like we don't really know what's impossible, but we like have to define it and discover it. And basically they would hire teams. They'd put, it, I don't know if they're like teams of three or whatever, but they'd have these pods at Google X and they would have to find something that's impossible and prove that's, that is it impossible. That's an impossible thing to do. That's their whole. That was their job. So find something that's impossible, and then prove that it's impossible. Yeah. And through that process, they came up with products like Google Earth, like Google Maps, like all these different things. Um, uh, Google My Business, I think, was even one of those. But yeah, it. I mean it just really created all these ideas for possible products by trying to find out what was impossible. Right. And they were not
0: initially driven by the profit motive to do that because they didn't know if they could do it. And they didn't know if anybody would want to buy it or pay for it. Right. And I don't think I pay for Google maps. I probably do somewhere. Yeah. All that data is going to somebody. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, but still sticking on vision, uh, If you're listening and you're saying, I don't really have a vision. I want people to take their heads out of platitudes and don't take it out of, out of saying, differentiate our contact and, uh, create the most innovative, profitable entertainment experiences and related products in the world. You know, the, the language that makes it sound important. And you say, here's one, uh, and this works for anybody. Our vision is to be the contractor of choice for every homeowner in the OKC metro area. If that's, that that that's a plausible vision. Our vision is to delight families, both our customers and our employees, right? Our vision is to be known as the communication company, right? Those are things that if you were to accomplish that, you would differentiate yourself and people can buy into it. People can be guided by that and uh, say, think to themselves, an employee out on the job, think to him or herself, am what i doing right now delighting our customers? Is it making this a better experience for this family that I'm working on remodeling their house, or is it making the life easier for the general contractor's project manager? Am I communicating well? Am I holding up my end of the bargain? Because our purpose is to delight our customers or delight families and you as the owner uh if part of your vision is to delight families including those of our employees then you say in what i'm doing right now uh, improving the life of my employees i want to be the employer of choice for professionals in our industry and that in fact is diane's uh Uh, she has a two-sentence statement of a vision, and it's this, to be the clinic of choice for moms. Mm. And that's very meaningful in their business because moms are worried about, she does as a pediatric practice, and they're all concerned about their their children. And the second thing is to be the clinic of choice for the best speech language pathology, OT, and PT therapists, okay? So, and she lives by that. She has to delight the moms, at least uh, give them confidence and somebody to talk to. And she has to be the place where every highly qualified speech pathologist, occupational therapist, physical therapist wants to work. And those guide a large number of our decisions, including this move. Uh, Anyway, I won't go into all of that. Uh, But that's her vision. Her mission, which we really haven't described yet, is we exist to improve the lives of children and their families or her, her uh, clients, not ch- right. They are children. That's what they, that's what they exist for. And we can get all wordy about it and say by improving their communication ability and their functional physical abilities and things like that. We don't have to, are we improving the lives of our clients and their families? Yes or no. That's a guiding principle. And you don't have to write that all out and use a bunch of big words. So, yeah. So I encourage people to think about the vision, not to think in terms of what sounds good on my website, but to think in terms of what do I really want? This built this business would be awesome if it were fully organized, if it had systems and processes, if everybody wanted to work here, if the only reason anybody buys from anybody else is because we're so far booked out, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you you think along those lines of what do you really want and what would a perfect business look like in the future and that's your vision. Yeah, and obviously we've spent quite a bit of time talking
1: about this vision but it's because it's so important and you know once you have nailed that down really everything does fall into place. Everything else that we're going to talk about today is really uh easy to make a plan of action for. Like Hey, I need you to go set easier. some goals. It's easier. Right. It's it's not necessarily like very straightforward, but I, I need you to go set some goals. I need you to outline some of the values that you have. I need you to go and write an org chart. I need you to create a system. It there's a really, you know, actionable step to that. Right. But right. if you don't have a vision, you're probably doing it in vain. Right. And that's that's why that's so important to have that vision first. You, you, We mentioned earlier that a vision is something, you know, that describes your business when it's complete, what it's going to achieve. But for the mission, it's actually how you achieve the vision of your business. So it should actionably, when you do your action, you are actively pursuing your vision uh, is how we think about it. Any any good mission statement examples? I know you gave uh, Diane's for her pediatric
0: clinic. Well, Jeff Finney, again, is to be the most efficient component, cabinet component manufacturer in the world. That's his vision. Right. How does he do that? Yeah. By constant, continuous process improvement. That's the mission. That's how we do it. Right? Yeah. For that hometown example of uh, revitalizing our hometown, um, it's along the lines of to create remodeling to create unique homes tailored to the individual taste of our customers. that's what they do it's fun to watch right so that's the goal is to revitalize our hometown how do we do it we remodel houses we're not paving streets i mean if we're a street paver we're going to revitalize our hometown by putting in curb and gutter instead of gravel right right but that's that's their mission this is where we're going and this is what we do to get there and i I think the mission i just want to clarify i think the mission
1: becomes obvious whenever you look at a company and then you you hear what their vision is, you know how they're trying to achieve that. You look at Disney and you see right. you hear that their vision is a smile on every face. Oh wow, they're going to do that through cartoons and through movies and through a theme park. Right, that's their mission, right? Is you know to create right. really good content that tells beautiful stories and then allow people to experience those in real
0: life. Right, I can almost come up with well, the mission. themselves. One, you you can, it, but one subtle thing about doing a a mission that's consistent with your vision is ho- using hometown again we want to rejuvenate our hometown by remodeling homes we could also pave streets we could also sure. put in sewer lines but we don't do that so it's a good thing to to identify this is how we are attempting to achieve our vision right absolutely i think once you see the company like you can't just read the vision and then
1: know what the mission is you got to see Okay, that's their name. Right, that's what they. I see a. You know, they've built a house. I know what their mission is now. Right, right. Uh, it, it makes more sense.
0: But I think, and I, it, I do do. I just, I want to say real quickly too that those are our, yours, and my ways of looking at a vision, being the end product and the mission, how you get there. If you get online and start googling, because I have a lot of people who do it. What's a vision statement? I mean, you can get everything. I mean, what I call vision, somebody else calls mission, and they call their vision, the, anyway. This is our method, and I think it makes sense. And the vision is what it looks like when it's done. Of course, it yeah. never, your business is never done. And the, and the mission is, this is how we do it. It's yeah. start. We exist to, and put a verb in there, right? Yep. We exist to remodel homes. We exist to pave streets. We exist to make the lives of project managers for general contractors. Lives easy. We exist, right? So, yeah. but it's keeping it down to what you really want, not a bunch of foo-foo stuff. Yeah. What you want and then
1: how you're going to get there. I think right. just like the vision, the mission needs to be really simple. It doesn't need to be this document yeah. that nobody remembers and nobody understands. It needs to be simple, understandable, actionable, and easy to remember, right? Right. Um, so don't, don't overcomplicate it. But you have a what I I always remember what you said about Mark Twain. What is, uh, whenever he writes this super long letter to somebody, um, and he starts it off. He says, uh, "I would have written I would have wrote a shorter letter, but I didn't have enough time." Right,
0: right, right.
1: And yeah, I didn't it's know it's where you so were with that. No, but it's so true with these you know vision mission. You're not necessarily going to start with something simple. It's maybe it, it is lengthy, make it simple, but then refine over time and make
0: it simple. I have a, another client, but he's actually my neighbor now, he's not a client, he used to be, but he's my neighbor now. This may sound irrelevant, but it's, it's wonderful. He has about 300 employees in Pakistan, and they do coding and all kinds of IT stuff. He monitors their activity over here, so if you do business with him, you're doing business with the United States company, but he literally has buildings, in Pakistan and people who are his employees in Pakistan. His vision is cultural understanding through a compassionate, profitable IT staffing experience. Hmm. Okay? Now, if somebody who needs a program written may not care about that, but he does, and the skill in his business is to attract the finest coders, the finest talent in Pakistan, And believe me, there's a lot of talent in Pakistan. Right. And he does that because he's perceived as caring about Pakistan, not being superior. He has, I don't know, it's last time I looked, 14,000 followers on um, LinkedIn and has logs and all this. And people in Pakistan, he is well-known in Pakistan, and I don't want to say he's idolized. They don't idolize him, but they highly respect him and that's because of his vision he believes in that vision Uh, world or cultural understanding through a compassionate profitable i.t staffing experience they love that it contains respect and it also demands respect on this side when you're hiring you don't get a beat up on uh, some guy in india or some guy in the philippines no 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 these guys have phds and master's degrees and we're lucky they're in Pakistan because they'd kick our butts if they came over here and want to take our jobs. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, that's another guiding vision statement, not directly related to contracting, but it it's a really, really good one. And I haven't been his coach for probably seven years, and I just recited it to you. Yeah. That's right? I remember that's
1: cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool company. So, so- you know, we've, we've talked, we're talking about these nine essentials and we've got two of them down. I think they, if you have them down, it really helps this next point of culture. Uh, but I also think that culture should also, and in some ways define or at least impact your mission, uh, because how you do something really does matter. And the culture that you create is something that will impact how something is done. Um, you know, oh, I, I, I always salute. think that a culture, I I think of it before doing like a culture statement or like that, I just think of values. And oftentimes we have invisible words for values like integrity that doesn't really show up. But more importantly, we have these idealistic values sometimes that aren't actually true. They We think they sound good. We think they're um, something that we want to achieve and, and be like, but I think if you're really gonna look take a hard look at your values you've got to look at you know how you spend your time your energy where you pay attention to what you pay attention to and how you truly act on a day-to-day basis and in terms of like personal values if I sit here and say you know health is one of my values but I just order pizza all day and drink beer nonstop, it's probably not true I need to look at how I'm actually spending my time You know, maybe entertainment or maybe uh, pleasure is one of my values, right? Right. So I think the same thing goes for a company. Yeah, we all can write down a list of values that we have, but make sure that you're actually living up to them because then if if you don't, your culture is really just
0: on a piece of paper. It's not in in real life. Enron is (laughs) becoming in the distant past, but I wish I had looked at it before I... If, if people remember, they were the snakes out in California that wiped out their investors. Yeah. But Ken Lay was the president, and there's a photograph of him being led out of his offices in handcuffs. And over his shoulder is a sign that says integrity, trust, and something else. You know, I wish I'd looked. I can't remember. But it, it's, it's perfect. I mean, he's got his values on the wall, and they're cuffing him and taking him <laughs> out in stark contrast. to uh, because he lived exactly the opposite and uh values a culture is a list of values and you're you have a culture in your business if if there are more than two of you probably even if they're just two you have a culture the question is did it happen to you or did you create it Mm -hmm. okay whenever you get three people together there's going to be a culture Rise out of that, and it could, by luck, be that you have the perfect people who are you're all aligned. They like the vision, they they do have your same values, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, Uh, and that might happen by chance. But you might also find out that you got a real snake in the woodpile out there who's stirring everything up and causing problems with your customers and fellow employees and things like that because they don't have your values, and even if they have their values, the priorities matter too. So Brian Tracy gives an example one time that somebody might have the values of family, um, health, and professional or personal well, personal finances, becoming wealthy. Another person might have those same values, but personal wealth, honesty, um, and family in that order. And they're going to be completely different people, right? So, what your values are, it's, it gives some thought to writing them down. And you, you talked about integrity as being a value that can be a, one of those... Um, invisible words. Invisible words. You can make it visible if integrity is one. It's not hideous. I mean, it, it's not hideous. But sure. what does it mean? You have to develop in your culture statement what that means, and it can be integrity. And in a bullet point, under, we do what we say we will do by the time we said we would do yeah. it. The next bullet point, if that's not possible, I communicate immediately, right? So you define what integrity is for you, and you don't just stick them on the wall. You have to have employee meetings and staff meetings where you discuss the, the uh, different uh, values that you have listed. Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned it already, or you did before, that a value statement with 35 values on it is probably not very meaningful. No, four or five should capture it the most important to you. Yeah. And one thing I want to be sure to mention in this, because I never see this, or, well, yeah, I never see it, is part of your values, maybe you combine these two, but one is profit, and the other is personal accountability, uh, in other words, I exist, if I'm at your company, I'm here to do a job, and I'm going to do it. It's not just all la-la, we love each other, and we want to take care of people, and yes, I'm honest. No. Profit, I love to see profit in a value statement, and, and you can say, well, that's good, you know, ooh, bad. No, it's hmm. not bad. Um, some of the things that I wrote under profit in mind is I understand that profit earned through free and honest transaction not only is moral but also imperative. I understand that profit is validation of the fact that we successfully served our customers, our company, and ourselves, ourselves and society in general. So you can list those things, but if part of your values, I'm gonna say should be that you make a profit. Because if whatever your altruistic desires are, you can't do it if you don't make a profit. Yeah. If every Use your profit goes to, to do what you subjectively bill, want to do. Prepare your suppliers. You don't have anything left to donate at church or synagogue or a nonprofit or whatever. So, I love to see. Part of your values are profitability, uh, and uh, personal performance. That yeah, I'm here to do a job. I'm not here for, as we say, the giggles. Right. Yeah. Um, I, so I think I think for values a culture values, statement that you thought through.
1: I think I think for values um, something that's really helpful is to. Have like words like integrity that come to mind, all those kinds of things that you are just these kind of one words, but then change them, change them into a statement, really a short sentence. That's really actionable okay. advice. If, if I had to sit like phrase it, it's just, you're saying if you were going to give advice to somebody really quick and short, that's what the value should be. I think a really good example of this is the buffer culture deck buffer is a, um, social media company uh that's fairly large and they put their values online back in 2014 i think they did a really good job of making them actionable advice and so they have 10 my opinion 10 is too much i would do like three if possible and a, a good way to do that if you have too many is to have like principles as your values so you have three principles and then underneath those principles you might have three values so everybody can remember the principles. Maybe they don't remember the values, but they can reference them. But everybody knows the principles. So uh, I'm going to read Buffer's 10 really fast. Sure. Number one, always choose positivity and happiness. That's a value. Two, default to transparency. Just be honest. That's another way of saying we're honest. Default to transparency. Have a focus on self-improvement. It's kind of like accountability, like right. you were saying, and yep. wanting to have that personal progress. Uh, Number four, be a no ego doer. Right, so we're humble. It, rather than saying humility, we're saying be a no ego doer. Number five, listen first, then listen more. <laughs> really good way of saying that we listen to our customers, right. we listen to each other. Have a bias towards charity or towards clarity. I'm sorry. Have a bias towards clarity. So you're always trying to make sure that you you understand what's going on and that you're you're also communicating clearly make time to reflect. Don't just sit in the hamster wheel all day. Take time to reflect on what's working, what's not, what's profitable, what's not. Uh, Number eight, live smarter, not harder, right? Do do the job well, but don't burn yourself out. Number nine, show gratitude. Number 10, do the right thing, which is basically integrity there as well. Do the right thing. So when you have it like that, it's easier to remember but it's also much easier to share with people and have them understand it. If I am meeting with a potential employee and interviewing them, and I ask them, tell me about a moment that you had integrity. Like, well, that's really, I don't know, that's hard to say, but if I say, hey, tell me a time where you did the right thing, now it's a much easier conversation. Or
0: you could even go more specific than that and say, tell me about a time somebody offered you the opportunity to do a side job. Yep, at your last job, yep. and you don't even follow that up by saying, "And what did you do?" You just say, "Tell me about it," and yeah, you, you get more specific. That's the problem with platitudes. You you described them as Im- invisible words, quality, uh, satisfaction, guaranteed, things like that. They're they're all meaningful, but we see them so often that that they don't show up. They're invisible, as you say. And then we all have our own ideas about what quality is and what satisfaction is. And but if you're more specific, like, like uh, I can't remember the name of the company, you just buffer, buffer, like they. It it creates clarity. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I put in my suggested uh, culture statement values one is respect. And what does that mean? I said, well, I meet every person with a presumption of respect. I seek first to understand, then to be understood, which is Brian or Stephen Covey. My language and my behavior demonstrate my respect. In other words, I have manners, right? Mm-hmm. I do not make con- negative comments about people ever, right? You can have one on God. I mean, so those are the kinds of things that you can put into culture, at least in one of the sub bullets, and go over with people and. And like you said, have not given an example where somebody contravened that or where they modeled that. So, uh, but you have to have a written culture statement and it's more than just something you hand to people who already work for you and say, oh, this is what we think now. It is your guide when you begin to hire people, you look for those values in people that you hire and nothing will blow up a company. Matter of fact, I think more than cash shortages that the biggest exploder of companies is culture clashes. Mm -hmm. It really is either amongst the partners or the co-owners who have different values and different goals and different vision and mission and with people that they bring in who blow the thing up. Yeah. And so you, if you have written cultures and you are looking for them when you're hiring that old saying, you hire for skill, fire for attitude, you can test skills because if a guy can run a skid steer or not, you can see that it's harder to look for values, but it can be done. And the values are the things that you usually wind up parting ways with people for.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, like if you think about it as a pyramid, the visions up top, the values and the culture have to support the vision and the mission. Yep. They, they, they have to be inclusive of that. And so as you're creating those values, make sure that you're thinking about the vision overall, and not just what sounds nice on a piece of paper, right? Right. Or what seems good. Um, I think that with culture, it's one of the things that you have to monitor consistently. And if you see people that aren't living up to the values, I mean, it just takes one person to bring a culture down, in my opinion. And if you don't fix it, you got I mean, you got a problem on your hands. So how you respond to people going against the culture and going against the values is sometimes even more important than just living the values yourself. Uh, because if you're going to tolerate people that are players on your team that don't represent what you're trying to achieve, that says a lot to your team, uh, about how, how, what you're willing to put up with and that you don't really value or
0: prioritize the culture. Well, Christine Sexter, who we had on a year ago, I think, but, she makes a statement that nothing will ruin a good employee faster than them watching you tolerate a bad one. Yep. Right? Yep. And we don't like to hire, fire people. As we can complain how hard it is to um, find people to replace them, and all those things are true, but you have to do it. But you have to have a standard against which you're measuring them and saying this is what's going wrong here. Yeah. And if you can't correct it and the thing about values, when you bring people into a company is people tend to have values. They don't necessarily just change them. If you bring a guy in who values his personal financial well-being more than he values his family, that's who he is. It's really hard to get them to change. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's hard to get them to change to where they value their family more than their personal finances. Presuming that that's the correct thing, in my opinion, it is. Uh, So you you have to know what you're looking for and you have to be willing to make adjustments. And that requires that you have a known culture statement that people buy into and agree with.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Martin, this has been
1: a really good start to an episode. I'm going to call this a part one. Okay. We'll do a part two on... Maybe six through eight, but maybe I think yeah. these are, the next ones might go a little bit better together. Um, sorry, not six through eight, four through six, seven through nine. But we right. may just do part one, part two. But uh, we've covered quite a bit today, and that's a lot yeah. to digest. I think these other points are really good, but I think they're a, a different aspect of the company. Right. Uh, well, you're descending from, values. as
0: we do in everything, or as I like to do in everything, you, you descend from the general to the specific, right? Yeah. So we talk about all these things, but then how do you get down to the more and more specific things that support it? And just as a reminder, we did vision, mission, culture, really, uh, today. And we have remaining goals, org chart systems, job description, how tos, and KPIs, uh, to yeah. go for mm-hmm. the nine essentials of yeah. an organized business. There you go. Hey, one, one last thing. Um, I do have three articles on my website. I guess we can put them in the show notes, but one's how to create a powerful vision. Uh, the other one's double vision. What do you really want? And the third one is do you own a job or a business? And they're all like five minute reads, but they recap some of what we talked about and they're really easy to read. So we can put links in the show notes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I uh, appreciate you sharing about this. Excited to do the next one uh, and have it live next week. So,
0: okay, sir. Hope that building continues to work out for Diane. I do too. I'm going over there from here to put up fire extinguisher. Oh, nice. I mean, we'll have professionals come in and do it, but I just realized we don't have fire extinguishers over there. <laughs> so, by the hey. way, the, the second day we got home after that two twenty, you know, ten hour, twelve hour days. Plopped down in the chair and the tornado sirens went off. <laughs> and Diane looked at me and said, "Are you kidding me? We got sleep. that all done, and they're gonna—it's gonna blow away." Oh, I said, "Well, man. I hope not." And it went about five miles east of us. But yeah, it was quite a weekend. Hey, what was the name of that concrete guy? You know anybody? Oh, I can't. Do you, do you need somebody to do? Maybe. Bill Shepherd of Shepherd Concrete in Moore, Oklahoma. Oh, and well, I'll put. It, wait, I should put his phone number in the show notes too.
1: Okay. If you
0: need concrete done, you just anywhere call in him. the world. He's, you call his, Bill. Yeah, it might cost a little more if you want to work in China, but uh, he could do it. <laughs> Amazing experience. Cool. All right.
1: Well, we'll see you on the next one, Martin. Okay. See you then. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cash Flow Contractor.
1: Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.